Welcome to the podcast, everybody. My name is Danny Cola, and I'm very excited to bring you another episode here. It's with Coach Ian Vaughn, Coach Viking Vaughn, one of the uh, very few people out there that are that is bringing you quality information when it comes to unconventional tools. His YouTube specifically breaks down how to use all the unconventional tools and different types of exercises, steel mace, clubs, kettlebells, uh, the Viper, you know, you name it. The dude is uh, pretty affluent and in, in teaching these these methods, and I want to learn as much as I can. I think it's uh, interesting, and, and I think it's it's good to go out and pick the brains of other trainers. Like, why not? It's only going to sharpen your skills as a coach, trainer, mentor, person, right? Like, go out there, and that's that's the message here. Just go out and find people that you aspire to be like or want to learn from, and ask them directly. It's 2019. When I'm recording this, so like, use the internet, figure it out. Go pick the brains of people. I think it's really interesting. Go check out Coach Vaughn's uh, website at www.coachvaughn.net, and there you'll find access to all his articles, his eBooks, all his fitness programs, uh, the events that he's doing, uh, his YouTube link specifically. I think that's very important one. Uh, check that out because he breaks down these unconventional tools, steel mace, clubs, kettlebells, really well. So without further ado, here's a conversation that I had with Coach Vaughn. Enjoy. All right, Coach Ian Vaughn, thanks for coming on the podcast, man. How was your day going? Going great. Uh, just got done a full day of sessions at a uh, Viking Valley Training Center. Hi. Right, so you're a personal trainer, strength coach. Uh, I reached out to you because you're fluent in uh, unconventional methods of training. You're some of the only videos up quality videos of teaching people technique with clubs and maces and and all that stuff so how'd you get into fitness like what was your path jump right in man yeah um i've been into fitness pretty much my whole life starting with football you know all the way up to high school you know uh played a little bit in college and then realized you know i wasn't gonna go to the nfl obviously what Um, college did you play at uh just the local community college you know i mainly played as an offensive lineman tried to transition to tight end between every now and then but yeah. uh it just became too time consuming once i realized i needed money uh to have a roof over my head after yeah, yeah totally. but uh yeah uh after that i decided to get into firefighting and joined a fire academy at that same college and you know i really got into it i loved you know being fit i can't be behind a desk it's just my worst nightmare I agree with you 100%. No, dude, I, I, uh, I, it's funny. I play college football too. And I also had the thought of becoming a fireman. But when I got to EMT school, I was like, ah, this shit ain't for me. How do you feel about that? It, it is hard. I, for, I had to take the EMT course twice. I passed it. It was a six-week course. I seriously feel like everything I learned, I forgot at the end of week six. And then yeah, I was, I I'm going to take the nine-week course. And then, yeah, I got EMT certified. I did EMT work for a bit and that was draining in itself. Totally. And then the course being a firefighter, they want you to go to the next level of being a paramedic, which is even more insane than anyone knows that beyond being an EMT. Dude, I'm so glad I stopped after that first day. I can't even imagine what my life would be like. I mean, those people are special people. Yeah. I mean, just getting to know the body to that level is, is yeah. Yeah, and then cramming for all those tests, you really got to know your stuff, and it's like yeah, and like not to mention it's stressful like hell all the time. Yeah, because like you're saving someone's life, you know, and you know, 
into these crappy situations. I've been on a lot of ride-alongs and it's just, you saw what a lot of people were doing, just being on prescription drugs. And that's a whole nother thing we can get into. But oh, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, but after I think like a good five, six years of trying to get hired, like traveling all around California to get hired at any place, I just pretty much, I was burnt out physically. As a fireman? Yeah. I couldn't do it any longer. And my plan B, I always worked as a personal trainer at corporate gyms uh, during that time because I still needed to have, make some kind of income, but have flexible yeah. hours. So, uh, you know, being a fitness coach was kind of always a plan B, but then it kind of evolved. Uh, I'm like, oh, I could actually do this for a living. And, you know, after I just got out of the corporate world, I just didn't really see that many uh, opportunities left there. I wanted to start my own place you know, in Viking Valley Training Center, and it just kind of evolved from there. And I take a lot of workshops uh, all over the country in the U.S., and I always like to learn from the best people. And if I had to say who had to really introduce me to maces and clubs and Indian clubs, it was Dr. Mark Chang. Uh, he's, um, if anyone wants to check out his stuff, look up Prehab Rehab, great stuff. Uh, from Prehab a- Rehab, I'm going to write that down right now. Yeah, it's a great content. He really makes you realize, you know, movement is like money. Like he says, you know, you could put everything on a credit card, but sooner or later you're going to pay the piper. So if you have a bigger checking account, you can do bigger movements because you have that prerequisite in the bank. So really smart guy. Highly recommend, you know, and uh, he introduced me to maces and clubs and you know i could press you know a 48 kilo kettlebell over my head pretty easily and uh then i had to do a 360 with a seven pound mace and i could barely do it so i'm like how is there how is that possible that a big guy like me can just lift heavy weight but then can't move this small weight around me that easily so i found a big weak link and like aha moment when i got into maces and i really just first thing I did was order them and I came addicted because my shoulders felt so much better, better. Cause I've had a separated shoulder. I have, I've had both pecs torn in two different uh, years. So it was all football related injuries. Yes. And being stupid, playing with friends with football, not playing with pads. That was a dumb thing I did. Oh. <laughs> That's how my, my shoulder got separated. Someone jumped on top of me and then I landed shoulder first as that person was on. Did top you say you were an old lineman? Yes. And I mean, they wear pretty small pads anyways, but yeah, pr- playing with no padding can't be that good. <laughs> Being 21, I would, that was a stupid idea. I, I don't even do that stuff anymore, but yeah, just, you thought, you know, just playing around with the guys, it wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. now at age 32, I'm, I'm paying like, you know, I'm like, that just sounds like the dumbest idea ever. So yeah, totally. 100%. 100%. No, it's, it's good. It's good to like talk about these things. And like, you know, it shows that we grow and evolve. I think these are type of things that like guys like you need to show and, and be okay with and guys like me as well as an influence to a, a lot of younger kids. Like, you know, it's okay to, to admit when you're wrong and like have and make mistakes and then, you know, kind of take under account that like, hey, I need to figure out ways to make my shoulder strong or stay fit and, and do things in a smart, intelligent way. And that's it, man. That's that's life over and over and over again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, people always want to wait until a doctor tells them, like, you can't use your arm again or you're going to die within the next couple of months. So it's like, uh, you know, you want to take more ownership of what you can do for your own body. And uh, that's 
what I feel like fitness should do for everyone. And it should make you, that is your best, best method of health insurance right there. Now, yeah. So what, what year did you get accustomed to uh, unconventional tools? Uh, it would say about four years ago, around like 2015. So when, when you started bringing them around the gym and, you know, and people started seeing you, what was like the initial reaction and like, how did you handle that type of stuff? Uh, being that you've asked that question, I'm pretty sure you know what the, the answer is going to be. Uh, they think you're crazy and <laughs> what the hell is this guy doing? You know, everyone's <laughs> very barbaric lo- looking, you know, and some people even call it stupid. Just use a sledgehammer, which they're, they're two different, completely different things. If anyone wants to know the differences between those two, I wrote an article on that on my website. Uh, but just, uh, yeah, people kind of go like give you that what the hell look you know yeah you know and the reason why i asked that too is because obviously i'm facing a lot of that myself because it is so i mean even though they're they're pot they're way more popular now three years later there's still so many people that are just like what's going on what is this like i'm getting a lot of people that are intrigued for sure but like the haters man the haters gonna hate and um i just you know i i feel like it it shows society's lack of being open you know what i'm saying exactly and that i think that like it's good to talk about this because you know and we see things that that lag and take time to change over time and you know people complain and they're sick and they want change but they don't want to have an open view towards things you know what i'm saying or think about things from another perspective or so on uh so i just i don't know um I just, I just, I asked that another reason too, is to see how you handle that type of stuff over the last three years. Yeah. Because everyone is so accustomed to the corporate gym setting. I always tell them, what do you notice about all gym machines? And they really can't figure it out when they first, I first ask them that. And I said, they all make you sit. And I'm like, so you sit and go in your car being from California, you know, like most people are stuck in traffic out here and you're sitting in the car, you're sitting when you eat, you're sitting when uh, you're at work most commonly, but it's, it's mind blowing that the typical person checks their phone over 200 times a day and they'll sit between nine to 10 hours a day, a couple of years ago, seven to eight hours, but now people are sitting now more than ever. So why the hell would you want to sit more at a gym with a screen in front of you. So yeah, I totally. you need to unplug yourself from that, stand up, get to moving how the body was meant to be, uh, you know, brought up. And so when I bring it in that context, they seem to understand it a little bit more. I just don't throw a mace at them and just tell them to do a 360. I want to, you know, hear their side of the story. And then I want it to relate it to them in the best way I can. That's my job as the coach. Yeah. 100%. And that I'm learning, dude, I'm learning a ton from you, by the way, watching your, your breakdowns of things um, and the different uh, terminology and, you know, different movement patterns. And I don't know, I just, it's, uh, it's well done. You're doing a good job with that. So you, you own your own gym. Talk to me a little bit about how that came up. Uh, just me and a couple other trainers put into the place. Uh, they don't really do the unconventional training, but we all put in a pot, you know, to pay for the place. Uh-huh. And you know, I got my own little section there uh, and mainly just, yeah, I wanted to get out because when I was working at corporate gyms, I think my first gym I was at, I got written up for not doing enough sessions. 
And then at my second corporate gym job, I got written up for doing too many sessions. So, what? Yeah. So it's like, uh, okay, I serviced over 200 sessions in one month and they got butt hurt because I had one hour over overtime. And the district manager lost his mind over that. I'm like, um, so I had that big epiphany moment that it's like, man, you can't, you, you, they just want you to be just middle class. They don't want you to uh, be too big. They don't want you to be too small. So it, it really uh, just made me think, you know, I need to start my own place and not just get rid of all the distractions because like I said, and as we've already talked about, just corporate gyms, I don't think are great for people nowadays because they're just full of televisions and, you know, just encouraging you to sit and people, and more than half the time I ever go inside a corporate gym is just for the sauna. And I see like 80% of people are on their phones, not doing a damn thing. So yeah, dude, it's pretty crazy. I agree, man. Like corporate America itself is very much like that. It's very vanilla. It's very plain. You can't do too much, but you have to do enough. And I feel also too, corporate America individuals are limited in uh, like just being like, it's very hard to expect express yourself truthfully when you're kind of being shaped by these guidelines and parameters that are your quote unquote job or whatever it is. So like, I think that over time in itself makes people sick because they're not able to express themselves enough or be genuine or authentic enough. And then corporate, corporate gyms, you know, they're the same thing. They, they like, uh, feed those type of individuals. They come in, they want to know the the mainstream stuff, running on treadmills, ellipticals, and yep. it's comforting and you know, the bench press and and all the stuff that we've known for such a long time. Uh and it's got us to, you know, where we know what we know where we know what we know right now, you know, with all this unconventional stuff and learning about connective tissue and, and mm-hmm. how that has a direct relation with the mind and, and, and learning about training the nervous system and all that. So like, you know, it's gotten us to this point, but a lot of people I'm finding again, just want that ton- that they have tunnel vision. They don't want to expand outside their box. And, you know, therefore the same kind of shit is just on repeat all the time until someone like you comes along and is swinging a mace in one of those gyms. And people are like, Oh, what, what is that? Like, how can that help me? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And, uh, yeah, the big thing is just, you get to be in your own world, especially when you just, uh, get out of that corporate, uh, environment. And you're, you're going to find out that like your workouts are going to be much more focused like 30 to 45 minutes is going to feel so much better because uh, I, I know people that will spend maybe what, two, three, four hours at a corporate gym. And it's like, what did you really get done? <laughs> a lot of, a lot of mumbo jumbo, a lot of, a lot of talk. I mean, I guess, you know, there's a community aspect of these corporate gyms that could be healthy, sometimes could be toxic. Cause a lot of times people are there talking shit. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Exactly. And it's not it's not like healthy interaction. But, uh, you know, I've been and I've worked at a, a, a Bally Toll Fitness for a few years. I worked at a fitness formula club. Fitness formula club is not uh, West Coast at all. It's mainly in the Midwest. But, you know, you work for these chains and, you know, the same people come in all the time. You're you're creating relationships with these people. So there is that community aspect, I think, that's, you know, kind of nice and networking. It's kind of nice, especially, you know, if. There are other things that you can collaborate with other people on that might add value. So like there is that, but it's very vanilla 
and it's got to abide by everyone's tasting or else like, you know, you'll offend somebody nowadays. Exactly. So it's crazy. Yeah. The best thing I can do, like, like I said, the fact that I can control the music, I can control my environment. I make my own rules, my own hours. Uh, I've, I'm not saying everyone should exactly do that, but, uh, I feel much happier. I mean, cause we all know once you become a fitness professional, you're having a weird marriage now with fitness. Like you don't know when to work out yourself because if you just spent like five, six hours in a gym, the last thing I want to do yeah. on some days is work out again. So, totally. you know, that's why I love, you know, things like un- unconventional training. Like, like today was my rest day. All I really did was, you know, Indian club mills, some mace 10 and twos, some kettlebell get-ups. And that was my whole workout. I just did that for like 30 to 45 minutes. And it's like a combination of, you know, yoga and strength training. So uh, like when I do for tomorrow, like heavy squats, I'll feel good. Yeah. You know what? I love talking about how unconventional methods complement these conventional methods of exercise. I think part of the unconventional world and my position in it is to connect the people in the fitness world together from all avenues, because this is a great way for people to feel good, you know, on rest day or whatever, or maybe it's added to like a second workout of the day, but whatever it is, like you practice your mobility and durability and strength and, and, and strength in these uh, multi patterns or multi planes of motion. And they're going to help everything else. It's just works that way, you know? Exactly. And that's why I try to really get this stuff out there on YouTube, especially to make them very clear and concise. Because when I was first looking for this content, I'm like, man, it's just people either working out to the music, but there's no coaching cues. There's no, you know, actual, you know, in-depth, you know, education to it. So yeah, our terminology, because a lot of the terminology I find is kind of loosey goosey, like this guy's saying one thing, this guy's saying another thing. So like, I think uh, it's very important to collaborate with a guy like you. It's just another reason why I reached out to you is because maybe putting some things together that are more universal for everyone to understand a little clearer, you know? Exactly. That's what I'm trying to do. Uh, I always try to remember back, okay, how did I feel when I first grabbed the mace? Like seven pounds felt like a lot, you know? 10 pounds felt like a lot. So I got to really put all those things into, you know, context and what are good exercises to do, you know, before something like a, you know, like a steel mace 360. It's hard for those people to grasp that single movement just on the first day. So that's why I have to do a 360. Yeah. Dude, a 360 is definitely an advanced movement. I take my clients through weeks, if not months worth of mace work before I even like, start talking about the 360. Now, some of them, some of them are able to do it quicker. Everyone is different. And there's obviously a, a, a big spectrum of, in, you know, of individuals and their ability to, to perform. And as coaches, we have to assess that and gauge that. However, my point being, there's work that you have to do with the maze and a relationship to build with the maze before you do that 360. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. That's the smart way to do it. Uh, for sure. Or else you can really fuck yourself up. I think, you know, like you can really hurt yourself. I do want to talk to you about this though. So I was doing, um, I was doing uh three sixties this morning after a two mile run, I was feeling really good. I was getting after it. So I was doing three sixties with my hips facing straight. I wanted to get your, your, your opinion on this. Then I turned my hips the opposite direction and my feet are facing forward still. 
and I started doing 360s both directions. It was a very smooth feel and like a very like more, it was definitely more of a, I guess a contraction in my, whatever fa- way I was facing uh, in that oblique, you know, that right oblique, if I was turning to the right side or vice versa, it was a very interesting way. Have you ever done 360s that way? Uh, yes and no. It depends on what you want to do with the mace. Is it going to be anti-rotation or is it going to be rotation? Uh, because when I think of the 360 or 10 and 2, uh, pretty much the 10 and 2 is going uh, both directions. And then 360 for me is going in one direction. And then I like to switch my grip and then go the other direction. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Or in a combination of those things. 10 and 2s, 360s, both direction, both grips. Yeah. And then when you turn the hips more, that's encouraging more rotation. So mm-hmm. you got to get more hip movement. I think people should pivot their feet a little bit more. And I've come out with movements uh, called like a figure eight with the mace and steel club. So you get more rotational factor out of that. So you're, you're almost getting a like golf swing or baseball bat swing out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah. And then like your anti-rotation, you know, like, you know, like being into football, that was huge for our linemen because as soon as, you know, a defensive lineman, you know, could get my shoulder to rotate back, I was screwed. So that's like heavy anti-rotation or being a firefighter. If you're holding, uh, you know, a high pressure hose, you have to be able to maintain that stability and not rotate or else it's going to send you back flying into your partner. So but, yeah, well, interesting. That's interesting. But yeah, for me, it's all just depending on what do you want out of the 360. Is it anti-rotation or rotation? But I've seen people do it in so many different ways now. Uh, as long as it just doesn't hurt, that's just my thing. <laughs> yeah. How do we determine what we want to get out of it? Like the like just the movement or the 360? Yeah, so like let's say I'm, I'm – I'm, so the way I structure my unconventional methods of exercise, I like to – hit the mace for a little bit. I'll go with the kettlebells for a little bit and I'll go with the club for a little bit. Uh, but I, I just kind of do what my body feels like. It's a, it's kind of like a flow meditative okay. movement, breathing practice, but I do have, you know, I like to do with a 15 and 15 pound mace you, most of the time. And sometimes I'll go 20 if it's available. Um, but I like to do the 15 mostly. Um, but like I just have the intention of I'm going to go and I'm going to move. And I like to do the 360s. I like to do a lot of like art extended archers in a lot of different positions and a lot of different multi uh, positions with my legs and mm-hmm. hips. Right. But what I'm saying is like, how do I know that I would need more? I need to work on. I mean, I guess I would know depending on what I'm feeling and what my clients needs are. But what I'm saying is like the rotation of my hips versus my stance like how do i know like what I, what i want to do you know what i'm saying because that, that's probably a weird question uh, well it's going to come down to the programming uh the best way i could put this is another mentor of mine by dan john he likes to explain programming in two different ways mm-hmm. uh, you have the park bench programming and then the bus bench programming so when you sound like you're on the park bench, which means you're just taking in the scenery, you're doing what you feel, mm-hmm. and uh, you're just on you're you're just taking in everything. So you're not expecting too much. But if you're on the bus bench, you're expecting a result. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah, interesting. Interesting. So, uh, I so if, like I want to be like 
I've taken a lot of certifications where they require, you know, like, like strong first with kettlebells. It's a Pavel Tatsulin uh, certification. Uh, you are going for the strong first level one instructor. You have to snatch a kettlebell a uh, hundred times in five minutes for uh, a male, my size, I have to do it t- with a 28 kilo and women probably with a 16 kilo. So you're going to have to be on the bus bench you know, to get that result, you're going to have to, right. Make, right. Right. That makes sense. You know, tempo. So if you have that goal, you need to have that, you can't be on that park bench and just flow around. Uh, when you, like I said, I've got no problem with flowing, but if you have a result you're expecting based off a goal, that's what it should come down to. So, um, that makes, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. Like me, I'm doing a lot of barbell training now. It seems a little bit, it's a little bit boring, just doing bench one day, doing squat the next day. But I like, that's why I like, you know, having these tools that don't like maces clubs, they don't have a lot of weight, but they, you know, have a lot of bang for their buck to uh, get you more warmed up and to even cool down with to loosen you up because there's so much tension involved with that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But if you're like just, you know, wanting to experiment and want to broaden like what you you want to do with the mace more then you'd be on the park bench. Like what else could I do with this? But I'm on a strict program. I'm not going to play around. It's like I'm doing this today. And it's like because I don't want to get I want my nervous system to get more in tune with that each week. And it feels better and better and better. And that's what I like when I make these ebooks. I come out with my website. I am really tested to do this program myself. Like when I did my, my, my programming for uh, the Indian, the Indian and steel club program from got a club. That was like some of the toughest three, four months I've ever done. Cause I had to really see what, how many movements I could do with steel clubs, both for singles and doubles. And, you know, it took a lot of experiment. The steel clubs, the steel clubs are revolutionary, dude. Yeah. Something about moving in those motions, you know, with the shoulders and the extending of the elbow and swinging with the actual, like, you know, understanding the force of it and where to cast it and where you're, you know, you're going to move with it. Super interesting. And when you get that motion, you start to understand how these things work. It feels so good after just, you know, a few minutes of, of moving around with clubs. Yep. That's what I love about them. They help. They turn your because everyone's so used to flexion and extension, especially with their elbows and wrists. Uh-huh. But now you use clubs and you do mills. They turn it more into a ball joint. So you're taking a lot of you know, uh, just tension off the elbows now because everyone's always in a flexed forward position nowadays. You know, with computers and television right. and, and smartphones being hunched over all the time. So when you get some clubs and maces uh, in someone's programming, that makes a huge difference. And then realizing how poor their posture was uh, throughout the years. Yeah, man. Posture is extremely important. I'm talking about that every single day. I'm being cognizant of that all the time. Now, let me ask you this. When you were playing football in comparison to now, as far as like hit mobility, strength, explosion, how can you compare the differences between now using the unconventional work in combination with your regular conventional lifts as opposed to back when you were playing football when I'm, I'm assuming it was mainly un, or it was mainly conventional methods, right? Yes. Like the only thing I really got that was very big uh, in our training when I was in high school was <laughs> we focused on a lot of uh, footwork, you know, agility drills with, you know, speed ladders. So that was this unconventional as it got for me yeah everything else was bench deadlift push press 
and then that was about it. And I really wasn't that strong at barbells at that time, but now applying, you know, knowing how to use my lats more, knowing how to brace up my core, how to root to the floor with my feet. I wish I knew all that stuff when I was in football because I would have been knocking over some people pretty easily without just, just knowing how my body worked. So not that my coaches didn't do a good job, but just it, that type of education really wasn't out there, wasn't really pursued a lot in, in football. Because as we talked about, you know, in, once you're in a training environment like a corporate gym or being out on a football team, there's just that way of training you all, you all have. Because uh, when I was taking a barbell course last year, uh, me and this other guy were very, you know, just uh, we knew bench just from playing on football, but he showed us in a powerlifter type way. And that was like very different for us. And we like were bench pressing at least 30, 50 more pounds just from learning those tech, those strength techniques. So. Yeah. Huge. I, I mean, little, little things like that, especially powerlifters, wow. they have different techniques. I'm not t- too familiar with that, but I'm sure they make that much world of a difference, you know? Yes. Um, like I said, like, cause lats, I talk about lats like crazy in my, my YouTube videos uh, as well, because that, that's like a secret muscle that I don't people know how to use. And when I get, when I tell people that you could use your lats for deadlifting, squatting, they're like, really? It's a lower body exercise. And it's like, we're not built like Frankenstein. We got to stop splitting up uh, the body like that because we, the body right. moves as one piece. And when I think of a kettlebell swing, I'm thinking of a fast deadlift. That's basically what it is. Or a jump that doesn't leave the ground if you're more of an athletic, you know, sprinter type. Uh, so there's always a ways to connect uh, even conventional, unconventional ways to just those type of athletes. Yeah, for sure, man. You miss playing football? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm telling you, when I uh, when I don't play sports for a while – if I definitely feel it and I need to get like my inner animal out. So I'm making sure that even though I'm busy running shit and doing the podcast and business, I got to play soccer. I got to play football either, you know, one time a week or so, whatever it is. And, and like just hang out with the guys and, you know, have that camaraderie. It's super, super important for me. Yeah. I, I miss all that stuff, but it's like, uh, I think the best thing football taught me was, you know, to be a successful individual, you have to be a successful teammate. That's probably the most valuable thing you're going to learn if you ever play any team sport. You know, it's interesting. I've always noticed that with people is I only get along with people who have played sports or were in the military. I'm not military, but that's the same thing. There's that dependent on, you know, having a good partner to back you up. And that's what firefighting was a lot about, too. You always had to be next to a partner. And, you know, people that never played sports and no, never played, you know, anything, you know, team wise, I've never liked them personally because <laughs> they, they're just they have their own ego and they just think, you know, the, the world revolves around them most of the time. Yeah, man. I mean, unfortunately, you do find that in teams and those those players never like get to tap into their pure potential. You know what I'm saying? That's uh, a, that's just uh, going to stunt your growth right there. And then you you find that in the world, in the real world, you find people that you can trust and depend on, and someone's going to inspire you. And then you find people that want to tear you down because of their own insecurities. You know, it's just people are different. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. I may not. I'm, I could be overstating that. I mean, I'm, there could be some successful successful people that have played. 
I mean, that have been individuals their whole life and are good, great teammates, but just in the 32 years I've been living, uh, it's hard to come around those people. Uh, oh yeah, totally. Totally. Like I, I'm, when I, when I come across good people, I'm grateful. And like, I talk about how fun it is to be around them. And I, I don't care if it comes off weird or whatever. I'm somebody that is, uh, you know, I just try to enjoy more times than I don't, especially if it's just like a situation that you can't control. So like, I'm all about like positive vibes and bringing each other up. And, you know, you, you see people that are kind of turned off by that sometimes. and They kind of like just go in their shower for whatever reason. But it is what it is, man. Well, it's uh, this is a, another whole conversation. But, uh, yeah, it's big thing is the social media now. It is encouraging people to be more selfish than ever, uh, you know, yeah. because they just think they're the best thing in the world. If, you know, they got a bunch of followers, you know, I'm not saying I'm not talking shit about anyone, just. Uh, no, Drew, stop talking shit right now. No, I'm just exactly. kidding. <laughs> it's just, I've seen, unfortunately, some friends that just got too invested in that stuff and it became their life. And it was just like, you know, uh, I just, I, uh, my, my Instagram account is about barely a year old right now because I didn't even want to be on it when it was first coming out because my, my girlfriend was trying to explain it to me. So I'm like, wait, someone follows you and then they unfollow you. And then you follow them. Like, this sounds like preschool to me. I'm like, I'm like, dude, I was very apprehensive myself. I hear, I know exactly what you're saying. Dude. Yeah. I mean, it's a great way to connect with people. I'm seeing that more and more as I'm on there. You know, I'm glad to see that like my YouTube content makes, you know, a great, you know, impact on people's training. That's yeah. Especially if you have a value to provide and yeah. especially in business, my man, like, unfortunately that's the way you got to go. If you want to thrive, Yeah, you know, because there's so many others out there. Now, when you talk about unconventional tools and people who teach unconventional methods, I think they're far and few between, like there's not a ton of them out there and the good ones are going to come up to the forefront, especially in this time right now that it's becoming hot and more mainstream and more people are like, what the hell is a steel mace? I want to try that. And more people are doing workshops and this like social media. It's definitely has its negatives when people start comparing themselves and all that, but especially in business world and value providing and, and, and connection, it's, I mean, we can't get away from it. Unfortunately, we just have to have discipline. We have to have ways of separating ourselves and disconnecting, but also using it when it's appropriate, you know? Yeah. You know, because, you know, you're always going to get those negative people that just will make stupid comments towards your... Always. Always. Yeah. Always. Dude, some guy reached out to me yesterday <laughs> and, and he was telling me how the steel mace is never going to catch on and how you know moms aren't looking for that type of stuff and you know all this like yeah sure his his own view of the fitness world which is fine i told him i was like hey dude i like i appreciate i really appreciate your thoughts i think i think it's great you know however i i'm going to disagree with you there's a lot of people that are interested in this and i I want to be someone that can break this down simply enough to where one day there can be a ton of maces on the wall and people can just be following the workouts that I've created or the, the, the teaching style of it and, you know, collaborate with people like you and the guys from on it and Viking Ninja. Now I was going to ask you, what, what are some of the workshops you've done and what are some of the workshops you might recommend to people that are interested in learning more of this stuff? Um, I am personally more uh, self-taught with steel maces People are surprised to know that I've really never taken the steel mace course. I just got randomly introduced to it at a prehab rehab workshop. And I more right. kept, I applied more of my strong first 
uh, kettlebell methods to the mix. And then just playing around with different positions, uh, just even when I was doing martial arts at the time, just a little bit, you know, getting to know some Muay Thai, some, you know, basic movements. And I was like, oh, you can compare this to the mace a lot because those asymmetrical forces relate so much to it. But then uh, on just recommending courses, um, I'm uh, doing uh, right now a course for both steel maces and clubs with uh, KIPS, the Kinesiology Institute Performance Specialist. Yeah, I was talking with Tyler last week. That dude is amazing. Yeah. Well, we've been putting stuff together to get people more educated and give uh, personal trainers more CEUs. So you're also going to get that for your personal uh, trainer certification when you get that renewed. Uh, you're getting um, just good quality hours uh, with me or him. Uh, he does more of the mace work. I do a little bit more of the club and Indian content. Um, I do do some videos for both um, the online uh, steel mace course certification. And then I, I put together the Indian and steel club uh, club foundations course as well. So you can either see it live uh, with me or online uh, at kipsonline.org. Nice. Wow. What day is that? Uh, we just did a course right uh, this last week, and we're trying to set up another one in LA. We're possibly getting one in Dallas and setting up maybe more in New York and the East Coast. Uh, it's it's a bit uh, trialing to get people to invest more in clubs. More people are more accepting the maces, but I'm hoping now that once maces get more popular – People are going to realize that clubs really should be integrated more because um, I always see people are into, you know, like steel mace double work. Uh, I don't got a problem with that, but it, I view the steel mace a lot like a barbell. Like two steel maces? Yeah, I see people do like double steel mace work, and it's like uh, it's there's only so much you can do with two steel maces, but you can do yeah. lots, a lot more inventory if you have two Indian or steel clubs based on what you're doing with them. Uh, so – Oh, totally, dude. The yeah. rotations of the steel clubs are the best. Yeah. Any sort of like movement pattern with the steel club, with the shoulders and the hips and the le- dude, it is the best. Yeah. And that's what I explained with, you know, if you also want more content, I've put out a bunch of, e- like, I got, like, I got three ebooks on my website at coachvon.net. Uh, got a Swing is all about steel mace and kettlebell. And then Got a Club is all about steel club and Indian club programming. And then uh, my latest one, Reinventing the Steel Mace, I uh, got really dynamic with those movements um, to add more body weight strength training with it, with uh, gymnastic rings as well. Oh, cool. Like suspension training? Yeah. Uh, you can cool. pick your poison uh, beyond those three. I'm planning to come out with a volume two. Got to swing with more kettlebell doubles and how to use heavier steel maces in that programming as well. Now you're just doing these ebooks, you said, right? Yes, uh, pretty much they're just downloadable and uh, they're a PDF file. And I like it takes me like a good six to eight months of filming because everything is hyperlinked to a video of me explaining everything in the educational chapters, like in depth. You know, good five seven minute videos taking you through all the you know, uh, you know, finer details of the mm-hmm. rule or the movement. And then there's a good 40 workouts for both uh, beginner, intermediate, and advanced. So, like, for example, in, like, got a, got a club uh, for steel clubs, like, the beginner program is all singles. 
the intermediate programs like 50-50, single and doubles, and then the advanced, there's a lot of doubles and a lot of complex movements you can do with the clubs as well. So I build you up with that in the programming. When you click on that exercise, I show you in like a 30 for 45 second demo with audio coaching cues along with that. So I got like well over like close to 600 different video demos in my, in my library right now. Uh, so anyone knows, wants to know how to use their steel or mace clubs, uh, with more movements. Dude, that's pretty awesome. I mean, I'm trying to figure out ways that I could, you know, do the same type of thing. Um, so I, I'm interested more in this ebook format. So and when you do the ebook, you obviously you have video in the ebook. Yes. And there's a lot of just me text explaining everything. And then there's also a lot of detailed images, uh, hmm. how to set up and then any correctives that are needed. But pretty much, you know, I break it down in an intro, the warmups, the cool downs, you know, you know, mobility and flexibility. Yeah. How to use, uh, you know, good kettlebell techniques, for example. The main ones you want to learn, like the differences between like a two-hand and a one-arm swing. And then knowing how to do, you know, 360s, one-arm 360s, hand-to-hand 360s once you get more advanced with it. So different things you can play with. And then most of all, you get to know like what weight selections are also best for you. It's about everyone, you know, a woman should have like a 10 pound mace. The go-to for a guy is about 15 pound mace. But once you get better with that, you're going to feel like you can do a little bit heavier almost each couple months or so. Because what's great about these tools is they also build up our tendons and ligaments, you know, and they get stronger as well. So they're going to get less chance of a strain. That's why I I love these tools because – I probably wouldn't be this far in my fitness career without them because my shoulders were just a, a mess before I got into them. So that's why I want to give this content into, out to people. If they have any shoulder, low back, knee issues, I give all these you know great tips I've learned from people. I've, I've taken at least over 40 to 50 different courses around the U.S. and learned from a lot of great people on different ways uh, to help heal up the body just by simply mobilizing or stabilizing a joint. Yeah, for sure. Have you ever done any reading or done any uh, work with Anatomy Trains? Tom Myers? I have heard of that, I, I, I and I still haven't read that. I need to read that. Yeah, I, I just got the book about a couple months back, and, you know, it's something that I reference all the time. It's really crazy, like, how the, the, the myofascial connections make an impact on the way you structure exercise and movement patterns and how you pay attention to how you feel and how to, you know, kind of do those flow. Like I was saying earlier, when I do my flows, like I go along to how my body's feeling according to these connection lines. And, you know, it's something that I kind of reference and look every day and try to educate myself a little bit more, I guess, as part of the, the learning process, you know? Um, but yeah, something to, you know, from one trainer to another trainer to look into, because I really think that's quality information, anatomy trains for all the people listening. All right. I'm so sure. now with the, with the, with the ebook, do you, uh, you just sell the entire book one at a time or like, is there like broken up into three different parts or like, how does that work? Uh, yeah, I got three ebooks and yeah, they're just, you know, 60 bucks each, you know, no more than like you would pay for a single session with someone, but you're getting, uh-huh. you're getting like months worth of information all in all packed into one like i said you got you got you know how to warm up how to you know get to know the mace with the in-depth instructionals and then all the programming 
for each tool. So if you want more steel mace kettlebell, got to swing. If you want more clubs, go with got a club. You want more body weight, more tactical type training, go with reinventing the steel mace. Uh, so I break up all those into three different parts. And then I got, I got some like bundled deals on my website. If you want to get two or three of them, I think right now I got, uh, yeah, I got it set up to where you, if you buy two, you get the one, the other one for free. Cool. So you get all nice. I like that a lot. Yeah. You got all three eBooks. Nice. Yeah. It's uh, it's good to talk to other people and see how they're doing their thing and how they're putting together packages and you know, how they can just simplify things and, yeah, these are ideas that I, I'm having too about putting stuff together as my business grows as well. Now, um, who are some of your, like, where do you go to for like knowledge in, in the moment or in the, like during the day, do you listen to podcasts, do you read articles or is there like a go-to place that you go to for information? Um, I love strong first. Uh, they come out with a lot of good content on just how to uh, move better, especially with kettlebells. Simple movements. Uh, I like Kelly Starrett from Mobility Wad. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. He's a physical therapist. Great stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've seen his stuff. And then if you're like on the barbell side, I've been really loving Kabuki Strength. Um, they actually have their own mace. It's called a shoulder rock. It's basically a plate loadable mace. Um, hmm. But the guy, what's it called now? Kabuki Strength. Kabuki is that with a K? Yes, K U uh, B. UKI, uh, so strength and uh, Chris Duffin is the main guy you want to follow on Instagram. He's got the dude is ridiculously strong. I think I saw a video of him deadlifting 735 20 times or something, and mm. he did it in both sumo and conventional. It was crazy seeing that strength, and he's very mobile at the same time. You know, he, he likes to use maces to help break up that tension. Um, they have a cool yeah for sure. Uh, there's an I, I recently got one of their bars because they also make really probably one of the best barbells out there. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at their site right now. It's awesome. I got the Transformer bar. That is great for people who have low back issues for squatting or good. Oh uh, yeah, I see that with the handles that come over your, your yeah. shoulders. It is so cool because you could change angles of the bar and you can have the handle. Basically, it's a safety squat bar. But with theirs, you can actually change the angle and how close the load is. So you can make it feel like a front squat by simply just changing the angle. And it's a really sturdy bar. Uh, I've, been, I've been loving it. So if you guys are looking for something to change up your squats, the transformer bar. I've, I've been using it for back step lunges lately uh, for like a front squat setting. And man, it loads up my hamstrings and glutes really good. And I only have to put a lot of weight on there, like maybe no more than like 225. Interesting. Now, how often do you, are you training specifically for strength? Is that something that you always kind of go for? You want to make sure that you're always peaking or getting stronger or where are you at mentally about that? I'm always just like, cause I haven't done barbell training in almost like years. Like the last time I was consistent with barbell training was when I was like maybe 21, 22. And then after my shoulder got separated when I was around like 24, I was like not doing any kind of like dumbbell freeway barbell work anymore i got more addicted to suspension training and kettlebells because it just felt better and then i started to educate myself more on that and now i've come did you tear did you tear labrum or rotator cuff or anything oh it was close yeah it was about it was a labrum tear because i couldn't even move my arm I, i got up and then it just it was just full on just it felt like someone just stabbed me in the shoulder and 
Yeah. Did you do rehab for that? No, like, did I didn't you do regular I rehab it because I didn't actually have the money. I was in a really yeah. rough spot during that time because, like I said, all my money was in college. So I was yeah. screwed, like health and me. And I had, it was like on me. So, like, I was like trying to learn from physical therapists as much as I could about yeah, how right. to fix it. So, yeah, that was a big reason I like got into unconventional training. And, you know, now, because I did like Mesa's kettlebells clubs for like the last five years now and now I'm, I'm like finding myself like i think i want to give barbell training so the last couple months i've been doing i've got a new rack and you know some new equipment and for barbells and i i can't believe how good i feel now doing barbells now doing clubs and maces so nice so i can really attest to that you know as a, as a pure testimonial you can do maces clubs and kettlebells and still maintain your strength or even get stronger for barbells. I mean, I've been consistent and I still do maces and clubs, you know, before and after, you know, like a bench press workout to get my shoulders loosened up before I bench and, you know, it gets my lats turned on. Cause that's the big thing. When you bench, you got to break the bar and then pull it down to your sternum and then lock it back out, driving your feet into the floor. A lot of the same cues you're doing with, with any other like press out movement or like, you know, a bent over row with a, a mace, if you were to do that. So I think, uh, yeah, like I said, you know, unconventional training, conventional training, as long as you, uh, know what you're doing with your body, learn more of it. I just think unconventional training, it makes you realize of how much you're not using in your body. Totally. Now, what are your thoughts on all these, uh, body weight flows that people are doing nowadays? These animal flows flowing like a ninja. I, I get a ton of shit from people. Yo, dude, what are you doing? You look like a ninja. Stop it. <laughs> uh, I can, I've can. i done that type of stuff where, like, you know, crawling different motions, you know. Uh, I, don't gotta, I don't do that, but, you know, if someone wants to do that, that's if that makes them feel good, by all means, do it. I've kind of done some animal flow stuff in the past, tried it out. I think I, I took a workshop, like, a couple years ago. I can't exactly remember the name, but uh, – like I said, any, anything with body weight training, I can't really hate on because if you can't do body weight training, as I've learned, it's suspension training, you're going to have a tough time doing any type of training. So, yeah, totally. That's great. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. Can I, you know, controlling your body and learning to do what you want it to do and how it's supposed to feel during these movements. Um, I find I've never moved better in my life. So like doing more of like mobility work, like animal flow and these body weight type movements, combining them with kettlebells or even better, like together during the same movement. So like some sort of like bridge pose where I'm taking the kettlebell through and I'm doing a kick through or whatever, like combining them is something that I find very effective, beneficial, and it's trans it translates better when I play soccer or when I'm kicking footballs or punting or doing kickoffs. Like I'm just that much more explosive, that much more athletic. And, you know, I just feel connected to playing the sport because I understand my body on another level. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. I, I just think, yeah, people should know, like I said, what they're doing. If like their goal is to do a flow, they should stick with a flow workout. I don't think people should, you know, try to mix you know, you know, like big weights, you know, with flow training. Cause I've seen that. Yeah, 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 yeah you know? totally. That that's where, that's the only type of flowing I don't really care for. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree, man. There's, I mean, obviously you got to stick within reason. So the other day I went to go work out with a friend of mine that has a gym 
close by my house and they're like the they're the headquarters of viking ninja which is a steel mace and body weight education system and we were uh doing heavy mace the 35 pound and 40 pound mace mm-hmm. and we were combining it with dumbbell work very interesting man like if you start doing 360s with a 40 pound mace if you're not grounded and mindful of how much that thing's going to swing around like it can really get away from you <laughs> exactly uh my heaviest mace i got a 40 pound and i got a 55 pound Damn. I had to get that thing ordered from uh, Canada just to get it to my place. Uh, <laughs> I think it's called a Gatsu. You heard of them? No, I never heard of uh, them. A Gatsu. They make some good maces. Uh, yeah, they, they. I had to get them on the phone just to uh, ship it over to the U.S. So like, we don't know if we could ship it to the U.S. I'm like, I will pay you an extra 150 bucks just to ship it over here. What do you do with that thing? Uh, I do 360s, 10s, and 2s with it. Um, wow. Just- that's a lot, dude. That's how tall are you? About six four. Six four, and then your weight. If you don't mind me asking, I know it's it's You're personal. So rude. Oh my gosh. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm about two fifty. Okay, so yeah, you're a big. You're a big dude. Yeah. And a 50, 55 pound mace is no motherfucking joke. I mean, people. I I do a, a, a kids mace class, and you know, I'm adamant about teaching them form and and breathing and staying connected before I get any sort of mace work in, but a lot of these kids progress real quickly and they're killing it with a seven pounder. But the second they're like, Danny, Danny, can I try the 10 pounder? Cause you know, like, you know, kids, they want to go and they want to exceed their boundaries and all that shit. Well, at least some of them do. Um, and I, I don't want to make it about like the whole, I, we got to do heavier stuff. I want it, especially with, with younger kids, like, you know, 12, 10, 11 years old to teach them proper ways and mechanics of movement and like holding a load before they progress and start thinking about oh i need heavier weight i need to show this person up you know it's more of like um i don't know another way to kind of look at things and teach kids about you know maturity and and growing and you know masculinity and and all that kind of thing you know what i'm saying yeah yeah because yeah today's kids are going to be really uh tested as we just talked about with you know social media you know, yeah. rules and everything, how, how you should be and showing off all your skills as much as possible. Yeah. So it's like, they got to know when to slow down and, you know, take in, you know, the right movement skills. And it's like, that's, that's, that's the hard part for the coaches. You got to somehow make it challenging, but not kill them. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. That, that's really important. Like you don't want to, don't want to kill them and if you do you don't want to do it a, a lot of times you know it shouldn't be like back to back to back to back yeah. i mean it, again it depends on the individual like if it's a it's a high high uh um performing athlete then yeah you know they're gonna need to be you know hitting really hard intense workouts multiple times a week multiple times a week because they want to be ready for game day and you and i both know like playing football you know we played at high school high level college you know community college level, division three level, whatever we, we, we faced, you know, a good amount of athletes for our, you know, spectrum of athleticism. And they're, they were high they were high intense, you know, like we had to be ready and, and, you know, resilient, take big hits and all that stuff and, and come back and, and do it week in and we out week out. And you know, the, the schedule of a football player, you know, like fall time for 13 weeks, it's, it's practice, it's film, it's icing, it's practice, it's film, icing, schoolwork and all that shit. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I don't know where I was going with that, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, I think that's awesome. You're teaching kids with a mace. I, I personally don't do that. Uh, I mean, I've, I've taught young kids before, but that must be really interesting. I mean, I, I do more. I deal more with seniors, if anything. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I have people from all across the board on my clientele list, but yeah, a good majority of them are seniors, people that are like 50, 80 years old. Cool. I'm going to have to pick your brain more about that because I'm interested in in learning more about that and how a mace can help. I, I, I feel like my personality, I'm, I'm able to connect with a lot of individuals. I have clients in their 70s and I have, you know, I teach kids that are 10 years old, eight years old. So like with the kids, especially, man, and I hope this helps when while they're going into this really crazy developmental stage in their life, you know, as they embark on the teenage years and emotions and hormones are going crazy. Yeah. I hope that teaching them proper movement patterns and proper breathing techniques so that they they become more calm and relaxed during this entire process where they're going to be imbalanced regardless. You know what I'm saying? So that's my goal, to teach them to move their body properly, the offset weight, teaching them to stabilize in those weak areas so they aren't as inflamed, so they could grow with, you know, the way they should be, the, the, mentally and physically. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I actually lost a child um, who was a client of mine because the dad was like, no, he needs to lift heavy weights. I'm like, he's 12 years old and he hasn't gone through his growth spurt yet. I'm not training him with heavy weights and he was like talking like squats deadlifts barbell you know just i'm like you really gotta wait on that stuff this this was years ago but and he's like well i'm gonna find another trainer and i'm like okay well i'm not gonna destroy this kid uh so it's kind of sad that you know most parents too also want their kids to do the, that type of stuff because that's the way they were brought up so i can only imagine it's very hard to you know break that chain when it comes to training more youth you know Dude, that that it it is hard. It is hard. It's like you go to a professional because they're supposed to know how to approach the situation for a specific outcome. In this situation, a kid wants to perform better so they can play football, soccer, whatever the sport being. So you go to a professional, let them do their work. They should be, you know, uh, credible. And and the person that I mean, you if you go to them, hopefully they're the ones that you know that can can really help you and tell you an honest to God, truthful manner of uh, approaching the situation. Yeah, man. Like I, I see it all the time in high schools too. Like. They, the kids want to go heavy, heavy, heavy all the time, and their form is is garbage. Like yep. their spine is completely rounded, and their chest is caving in, and their feet are looking like you know their duck duck feet, waddling feet, and like all that stuff needs to be switched up from the mental side to the physical side. Like talking about form before we talk about ego taking over with weight and showing that I can lift more than you or. You know, like it's almost a toxic, toxic way of thinking if that gets a hold of you during your adolescence into your adult life. Because, you know, like that father in some way, he never grew out of it. And in his eyes, it's we got to lift heavy. We got to lift hard. This is the only way. And now this 12 year old is going to get this information and could potentially be harming to him and give him a negative experience. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I've, so like we got to approach these these ways like, you know, smart, intelligently and, and give people the, the information they need. And that's what I'm trying to that's what I'm trying to do with these, this kids classes is, is teach form, teach breath work, you know, have, um, you know, uh, this wide range of what masculinity should be or even like, you know, the, the girls coming into the class, like understanding what it means to be strong and healthy and taking 
control of yourself and, and understanding what you're about. Like, I think it's very, very important for kids. Exactly. Um, and we, we, anyway, dude, I, I want, I'm sorry. What were you going to say there? Yeah, I was just going to say the male ego is a dangerous thing. <laughs> ego in general. Like, it's – I'm finding as I get older that it, it, it could bring you uh, – it can teach you a lot of things, right? Because – like, and, and bring you confidence and teach you about yourself in a positive way. And it can it could teach you about yourself in a negative way if you're open to looking at your flaws, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it gets you far in life because it keeps you alive, so to speak. But, um, you know, when we, we, we put the ego aside and we learn to understand our faults and, and we just, it's, it's a better, better opportunity for growth and po- more positive impact. If we can keep our ego in check most of the time, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Exactly. So my friend, uh, it's been an hour. This has been a fun conversation with you. I really appreciate you coming on the show and dropping knowledge. This was fun. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I really enjoyed talking with you. Absolutely. Dude, tell people where they could uh, find you on the social media, even though uh, there's negatives to it. We do know there's a positive because you are definitely shaping people and teaching people with uh, your YouTube videos. So where where can they find all of that? Yeah. So if you wanted to see some good tutorials of what I do, uh, you can go to uh, coachvon.net. Uh, I feature a lot of articles on there. I link up a lot of my YouTube videos in those articles. Um, and then obviously eBooks you can purchase if you want more programming and more, uh, private videos I've put up, uh, in there, they're all hyperlinked. And then, yeah, uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's at coach Viking Vaughn and yeah, you can uh, hit me up on any of those channels. You can contact me through my website as well. If you want to send a personal email, if you uh, want to get any online training or just any tips with your club or mace training. Awesome, dude. Thank you so much uh, for your time today. I know you're a busy guy and time is very, very important, but continue kicking ass and uh, I'll, be, I'll be reaching out to you uh, with questions because uh, I think uh, it's important for, for us to collaborate and, and bring the unconventional fitness community together and, and, and meet it with the conventional fitness side and bring it to people so they can benefit them as well. Thank you. It's always great to meet uh, another unconventional person that wants to bring more light to these uh, great tools. Hell yeah, dude. Well, have a good rest of the day. And uh, that was it, everybody. Peace. And that's the podcast, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Check out Coach Ian Vaughn on Instagram at Coach Viking Vaughn. Check out his website, uh, www.coachvaughn.net. And again, his uh, YouTube channel is very good because it'll break down those unconventional tools that we talked about, the steel mace, the clubs, the kettlebells. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. If you, if you like what you, you heard today, do me a favor and share this episode with somebody. Take a screenshot of it and put it on your social media, Instagram, Facebook. It would mean the world to me uh, as I try to spread this message of uh, a holistic lifestyle and balance so that we could uh, understand the information the environment is trying to tell us. I think it's super important to kind of look at being this way. Uh, it'll provide a lot of value to people i believe so that being said thank you so much for listening have a great uh have a great day peace